Swanson to first. to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And Lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. It is episode 119 of For Future Considerations. John, Manny, Matt here with you, and Kane Tanaka is here as well. Who? Kane Tanaka. Episode 119, Kane Tanaka, the oldest living person in the world right now. She's 119 years old. There is someone who's 119 years old? She's 119. She's still kicking. Oh, my goodness. I know. And I heard she's a better cornhole player than you, Manny, so. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Never. Tell me you've got the secrets to a long life from her. January 2nd, 1903 was her birthday. Wow. Was her birthday. She's seen wow. some stuff. Yep. She is crediting God, family, sleep, hope, good food, and practicing mathematics. I'm on borrowed time already, boys. We better hurry this up. <laughs> I, I just Googled her name here. Keys to living a long life. I mind my own business and I don't eat junk food. Well, nice to know you guys. Wow. <laughs> what was that movie with, uh, was it Will Smith or, um, or Mark Wahlberg or one of them that had the watch and the, the time was ticking off on like how, how much their, their life expectancy was? <laughs> My life is going to be a 24 series now, basically. <laughs> I've got tw- tick, 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 tick. 24 hours. Wow. That's a good one, though, Matt. Way to pull that one out. I like that one. I like that one. As we record this show, we're enjoying some Bobby Margaritas. Matt dropped them off, did a doorstep delivery here. Uh, It's important. I got to take care of my guy here. I'm doing grocery. So I'm grocery shopping. Last night, I'm grocery shopping, wandering around, getting eggs and milk and all all that shit. Make sure you eat healthy. No junk food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just shopping on the outside, right? Isn't that what they say, that you should shop your groceries on on the outside of the the grocery store and not through the aisles? John Rashad says that all the time. Yeah, so I went right for the Doritos and uh, Honey Honey Nut Cheerios and uh, just jump right into it. But uh, I was, of course, end up in the the beer and wine section and uh, I was like, you know what? I think the Bobby Margarita's here uh, now, and uh, lo and behold, my my local LCBO had uh, eighty two cans on their wow. on their website. So I grabbed you uh, seventy eight of them. That's amazing, and I'm <laughs> down to seventy. So, and I just got them two hours ago. So, the spidey sense, eh? The tingly spidey sense. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, John, do you like a margarita? Uh yeah, I'm okay. I don't love tequila. Actually, I have a hard time with tequila. So, hmm. Uh, I'll have a margarita from time to time. Back to your college days, right? That's right. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, Manny, are you a, a frozen margarita? Are you a margarita on ice? Uh, do you like the salted rim? Uh, I like the salted rim. Okay. But I like mine super cold. If not, yeah. if not on ice, it's got to be super, super cold. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. So, okay. It's got to be cold. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. What about you? 
Um, I'm not. I, I'm probably going the opposite. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm not a salted rim guy. Um, I still like it cold, but I I, I don't like the blended like the slushy. I'd I'd rather it neat per se, but but cold. So we're basically leaving. We're starting where we left off in the debate episode because we don't agree with anything. So yeah, yeah, you're you're still an idiot. So we got that down. <laughs> Look who's talking, you nerd. <laughs> I was extremely accurate with all right. predictions and choices from episode 118, and I stand by all of them. Two episodes in a row, 116 and 118, I cleaned your clock. <laughs> if you haven't listened, go back and have a listen to 116, uh, 118. Feel free to respond to us on social media or email like everyone else seems to do, too. Yeah, we love the feedback. Like Louie and Mississauga, who couldn't get enough of the back and forth you guys have been on lately. Um, our email address is forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. And then robot umpires. <laughs> robot umpires is where we are. <laughs> you know it. How are the Raptors doing? <laughs> well, well, shit, if you'd call them a foul. <laughs> oh, don't even. <laughs> <laughs> Rashad, play the crying music again. I don't, I don't know. I, I've never seen full series power plays. The, the Raptors are playing five on seven or nine or however, however many those zebras are out there. There's three, five on eight. <laughs> Get it right. Atrocious. Come on. It's a, well, they're taking calls from the crowd now. You said so. <laughs> There's some guy in section 104 that's got a whistle. That Oh, somebody blew a whistle. That's got to be on Van Vliet. I, I wouldn't be surprised, actually, in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're either going to take the foul or they're going to throw the whistle at you. <laughs> <laughs> or show you their personal whistle. <laughs> <laughs> blow this! <laughs> oh, man. I think John just got that. They're called. They're oh, called fouls you mean because it's Carter oh. for Christ's sake? <laughs> it's okay. They fouled out Morris Peterson. What what is going on here? The Sixers need something to get back after Kawhi Leonard had Joel Embiid crying, <laughs> right? <laughs> From 2019. Uh huh. Uh, if this isn't your favorite time of year, I don't know what. <laughs> we got. <laughs> we got it all right. We got baseball season underway, basketball playoffs starting, NHL playoffs around the way, junior hockey playoffs getting started too. Uh, it's just really one of the perfect windows of sports, right? Yeah, your Leamington Flyers off to round number two. Yeah, we're in round number two. Hey, uh, you can buy tickets online now. Don't worry about about standing in line and having to show up and tailgate at three 30 in the afternoon. Uh, you know, th- these are hot tickets. Get them online. Leamingtonflyers.com slash tickets. You can purchase those, skip the line, get in, get your seats. We got thunder sticks now. Like we're not goofing around here, guys. This thunder is, sticks. This is the second round. This is the Western conference semifinals. Let's let's be real here. Thunder sticks. Of course, John and I will be watching the OHL playoffs closely. Owen Sound playing Flint. That's Windsor right. playing Sarnia. It should be a whole lot of fun. 
Yeah, even the last game of the regular season was fun in Owen Sound. A little bit of rough stuff. And then also, I don't know if you guys saw, a puck hit the video board and a chunk of the video board was dangling there. And they had to go over to both benches and ask them if they still wanted to play. There could have been a panel about six by six inches that could have dropped off the uh, scoreboard at any given moment, but it didn't, luckily. How did it affect you? sitting there, my my baby, my baby, no! Were you the one to actually go out and fix it? You can't touch this. This is mine. No one else touches this. Bring the women and children as a shield. We must protect the scoreboard. This is my OHL championship. This scoreboard right here. Oh, man. Get loud. Wait, not too loud. It might fall. The place is shaking. <laughs> Make sure they have that fixed for game three, right, Rashad? Absolutely. <laughs> so this is our second episode of the week, the one we like to call the OT, where we interview a special guest. It's usually a fantastic story time. Everyone we've had on has had lots of great stories, so go back and listen. Last week, we had Luca Hano of the Windsor Spitfire, speaking of the OHL playoffs. This week is no different. This guy is a former hockey player. He played in the OHL with the Sardia Sting for the majority of his junior hockey career before finishing his last OHL season with the Owen Sound Attack. He then went on to play for St. FX out east in Canadian University Hockey, where he won a silver medal in the national championships before finishing his hockey career with McGill, where he won the Queen's Cup and OUA East titles. He also won a bronze medal with Canada at the University Winter Games in Kazakhstan. He also is the winner of the CIS Randy Gregg Award for Community Engagement. This guy is even an author. He's written a book called More Than a Game, What Minor, Major, Junior, and University Hockey Taught Me. If that wasn't enough, he has a degree in human kinetics. He's in his residency at the University of Ottawa as he takes the next step in his career to be a doctor, the smartest man we've ever had on the podcast. Please welcome to, for future considerations, Nathan Charlotte, Nathan, welcome to the podcast, buddy. Too generous of an introduction. I don't How know, you been? I don't, I don't know put you up to that, but whoever it is, I owe you money, I think. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Your family was really specific about what I needed <laughs> yeah. to say. Yeah. Well, my parents wrote that for you, eh? Uh, man, how you been? Good, buddy. Good. Thanks for having me on. It's been It's been too long. Oh, it's a pleasure. So many places we can start, obviously, with that introduction. Let's start with the most recent news, though. Tell us about your good news with uh, the University of Ottawa. Yeah, no, it, uh, it's been a long time in the making. But uh, between undergrad, well, even in the OHL, I did some courses online. So those courses, undergrad, my master's, now medical school, it's been like over 10 years of just paying tuition. So it's, it's relieving when, uh, when you finally get matched, that's, uh, like the equivalent of being drafted, I guess, into a, into a site. So yeah, July 1st, hopefully you're not in the, no one's in the Winchester area because I'll be around there starting my, <laughs> starting my medical career. In fact, I'm looking to move the family there just so you know. Yeah, <laughs> July 1st, eh? Yeah. I don't know. You might want to steer clear. Uh, Manny's got something on him he needs looked at. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's been waiting 10 years for it, too. It's about time. Exactly, eh? Yeah. I wouldn't put it fast, and that's funny. And the liver. You're going to have to check the liver first off. I'll tell yeah. you that. Yeah, no kidding. Cheers. <laughs> oh, man. I love how you put it, too. 10 years of paying tuition. Not 10 years of it in the books. Yeah. 10, 10 years of paying tuition. When did you know you wanted to pursue a medical career? Like, did you know before you started playing in the O? maybe just thoughts of it were scurrying through my mind, but it really gave it a serious look when I got to St. Francis Xavier uh, and started studying my, my undergrad. We had a couple guys, well, we had one guy who was older than me, uh, Rob Slaney. I don't know if that name rings a bell. Yeah. He played He played in the queue and then played pro a little bit too. He came back, redshirted a year at X and, and he wanted to be a doc. So I just thought it was the coolest thing. And yeah, slowly began uh, to crack away at it. I mean, I, you, honestly, it, part, like part, I look back now and a lot of my colleagues just didn't play sport, right? So you, they could go home or on a weekend and not like just, just work for 20 hours, like two 10-hour days, right? But I look back, I'm like, man, it, like, I, didn't, I don't think I studied on the bus going to like Moncton or Trois-Rivières, you know, like all these random places, like so hard to do any work there, but. Somehow made it work. I'm just so grateful, and uh, yeah, that that everything panned out so far. So, and then let's go back to your OHL career. Um, how would you describe your time with the Sarnia Sting uh, from 2008 to 2012? It was it was definitely fun. I, you know what though, uh, I just feel so bad because we probably had a really good team. Not probably, we did have a really good team, and we should have did better than we than we had. And it's like that organization for whatever the the purpose just hasn't been able to overcome that next step. But I think when they do eventually hit their stride and start winning a couple rounds, maybe win like win the West or win an OHL championship, it's going to be a celebration because it's definitely a long time in the making. So yeah, we we had a wicked team, but we just kept losing even in playoffs, <laughs> like losing in playoffs, losing in regular season, we kept losing for my four years. So it was tough, right? Cause you invest so much in the team and the city and the program. And you're like, Oh, I want to win so bad here, but we just, we weren't good. And I wasn't good enough either. So like being a leader, you just want to have someone who, uh, who not only like plays well on the ice, but who also can lead the guys. And I don't think at that, that time in my life, I was, I was ready for it, I guess which is disappointing, but may you played with uh, some big names in Sarnia for sure. The, you know, the Alex Galchenyuk's the Neil Yakupov's uh, of the world. Uh, what do you remember about playing with them and, and just how good were they at the time when, when you had a chance to play with them in junior, they were wicked. Uh, like their releases were so, so fast and they they just skated at a hundred miles an hour. Um, and everything about them seemed pro at the time. I remember even like our coach for some reason did this like two on one drill where basically he'd line up all the guys on the blue line and then it'd be two forwards against one D in tight. And he just feed pucks in for like four, four or five pucks. So the forwards would start at the top of the circles and kind of walk in. And I don't know why, but I decided to go against those two guys. (laughs) 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 They're just setting each other up for one timers. It was disgusting. Like, uh, and I guess I had a point to prove. So I was like trying to get, get in front of some of them. And I was thinking to myself after, I'm like, oh, thank God that 
those pucks didn't hit me because they would have shattered my bones for sure. Yeah, so they were, they were just like all-around pros, really, is, is how I can describe it. Was that Latowski was your coach? Yeah, we used the assistant, and then Beaulieu was the, uh, oh, yeah. was the head coach there. But, um, yeah, I felt, uh, I felt a bit cowardly not blocking them because Latowski told me a story that will always stick with me. He said when he was in Carolina – uh, he, he got put on the ice to block potentially as a Dano Charas one-timer with like four <laughs> seconds left. And he lined up as the inside winger. Like it must've been like Bergeron or Recky or someone like that. One that dropped clean and like it made its way across the char for one-timer. And Luder told me, he's like, I had to stay in the lane. And he, <laughs> he blocked the shot and he said his foot was like eight times the size of it <laughs> normally. So that always stuck by me. And it always was in the back of my mind when I was fronting shots. So even in practice, I was like, oh, man, I got to at least pretend like I need to get in the lane here. <laughs> Did you ever get seriously hurt from blocking shots? Uh, you know what? Actually, I hold this over my one of my good buddies. You guys remember, well, he's still in the NHL now, Connor Murphy? Yeah. He played in Sarnia. Yeah. He, uh, we were at Phoenix's camp together and, uh, I always joke with him like in our first scrimmage, I never score goals or I never <laughs> did score goals. And I scored a goal in, in scrimmage in Phoenix. And I was like, this is my, this is my chance. They're going to sign me for sure. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in practice. Uh, like we had a practice like half an hour after the scrimmage. And uh, we're doing net front battles and he puts a wrist shot in and I like front it for some reason. And I, I block it, it end up breaking a bone in my foot. So Ouch. instead, and I was like, <laughs> I thought, Oh, they still have to sign me because I thought if you're at camp, I was like, I'm going to stay in Phoenix. I'm going to get per diem. I'm going to go to all the coyotes <laughs> games. I'm going to live in a hotel. It's going to be sweet. And uh, it turns out they only do that if, if uh, you're signed. So this, they cut me the next day. <laughs> so, so you were sleeping at a bus stop or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, oh, it was the worst. I, I was even hoping I'm like, man, it'd be sweet if I got injured, then I could stay here. And, like, my mind. <laughs> and I didn't read the fine print because they cut me. They, I was on a plane like a day and a half later. It probably hurt twice as bad after yeah. you weren't signed, yeah. right? Yeah. He bought my dinner, though, which was which was nice. Of him. But <laughs> he bought dinner. Yeah, I he bought he, dinner. Yeah. hope you had, like, steak and lobster. Yeah, right? I, yeah, yeah, I actually should have. Yeah, I make so much money now. It's crazy. Um, but, yeah, I actually I, haven't told that story too often, so... It's pretty funny. Hopefully people appreciate it because <laughs> here I am. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, it was myself and my other roommate, the only two non um, drafted guys there. So we're at dinner with like Max Domi and some of the other guys who signed. And I'm just pinching pennies, eh, trying to get through the meal. <laughs> I'm ordering a water and a salad. <laughs> but when Murph was paying, it was like I got an appetizer, a main dessert, a beer. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know we're jumping a little bit, but that training camp, uh, you talked about a few guys who were there. Was like Shane Doan at that camp? Were you at the main camp too? Uh, I didn't make it to the main camp, but Shane Doan, my claim to fame, uh, I was doing my VO2 test. Like there was a bike test. And uh, Shane Doan and Mike Smith came up to me 
or not came up. Well, I guess came up to the bike and we're like, keep going, man, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. Maybe Mike Smith gives me tickets when he's in town, but I don't think he remembers. (laughs) Hey, yeah. Next time they're in Ottawa, right? Yeah. 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 (laughs) I got to meet you uh, in Owen Sound, obviously, when you joined the attack for your overage year. How was that experience? What do you remember from that time? Oh, man. The the sound was awesome. It, uh, I imagine all of your listeners would would appreciate the the Bayshore and like what it is. But coming in as an overager and having the team that we had, uh, we were really able to just bully, bully younger teams, bully weaker teams. Um, fast ice, it seems small. The crowd's right on top of you. It, it was an amazing experience from from the fans to the community to the my teammates to the training staff and coaches. It was it was an awesome experience. Perfect way to end my career. And the media guys were pretty and good. Yeah, right? yeah, I guess I didn't say the media guys. Right? <laughs> Yeah, there's a reason I left you guys out. <laughs> uh, you have the unique experience, though, of being a visitor at the Bayshore yeah. than being a home guy at the Bayshore. For you, sure. Can you explain that difference? Yeah. I mean, I don't think I won a game as a visitor at the Bayshore <laughs> in four years. That's the bottom line. It's just such a hard rink to play in and, and, and do well in. Um I'm not sure if I think it's changed because uh, upgraded. I think I saw a picture of the the new jumbotron, but when I was playing, it was just a dark, cold, like loud atmosphere. It was foggy some random nights, um, and it was just a tough place to play in. So, as a, as it was the reverse when when we were playing there, or when when I was a obviously a home player. Because uh, you know the small little intricacies of the ice, and you know how the puck's going to bounce off the board, so you could really abuse teams with uh, with some of the nuances in the in the rink. But obviously, as a visitor, you you're not really privy to it, so you just get blasted anyways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you get blasted by the fans too, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> oh man, I remember we got shelled a couple. Actually, that was where I scored my first goal. Um, oh wow! Yeah, but. Uh, we still lost that game. <laughs> <laughs> we lost every other game. So, <laughs> not not to pump anybody's tires, but uh, John is actually the scoreboard operator now at uh, the Bayshore and uh, claims to eighty five percent of the attack wins since they put well, that in yeah. there, basically because of him. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine that. That's John, a rocking atmosphere, I bet. John, if you yeah, don't put so up a picture fun. of Nathan Charlitti. On the board for the playoffs. <laughs> With a quote from this man. podcast. Come on. Oh, they remember you. Like, oh. you were a fan favorite. Unbelievable yeah, you, fan favorite. You know what, favorite. though? It was easy in a spot like that with the community and the involvement of the players and the involvement of the team. Uh, everyone was so nice, so welcoming. Yeah, it, it was my pleasure, really. They made my, they made my last year that much better, so... Yeah, it, it hasn't awesome. changed much. It's very similar to what you remember, just with a better scoreboard. Quite honestly, <laughs> <laughs> the people are still the same. The atmosphere yeah, is still the know, same. I imagine you guys talk about this all the time. It's like for a town, for for a town, yeah, really a town. For for an organization rooted in a town that small, to still compete with like the really big big contenders in the West, that says something. Like. I remember when it was Victor Mete when he got drafted, he just yeah. didn't want to come. And I'm like, that 
it's, it must be so, I can't imagine how tough it is for Dale DeGray to do his job and do it well. But alas, here we are. He just constantly makes the right moves, pushes the right buttons and, and grabs the right players. So yeah, can't say enough good things about the, uh, the organization. Speaking of those kind of players, uh, what was it like playing with a character like Jordan Bennington while you were there? Oh, Binner. Yeah, he was wicked. Uh, we had a blast because we were both older guys. So we had a pretty good core with like Kainachi and, and CC and those guys were just, they were a lot of fun. Yeah, we had, it seemed like he didn't take anything too seriously and he was so, so good. So I don't know. Tough to see him uh, this year, but I mean, I'm sure he's going to bounce back. He's a pro. He didn't beat up on the D as a goalie? No, you know why? Because we got him that that goalie award, whatever yeah. it is, the least goals for goalie <laughs> tandem. So he was he was he was bowing down to us. <laughs> he Maybe should not still thanking be me. It was probably thinking CC and Bigra, but <laughs> he should be still buying you steak dinners. Like you should, should be able to get I, another I steak dinner out I of that. I should message him. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't be paying for food for uh, what are we up to uh, at least a month now with all the people that owe you one I know I know or I guess maybe the way they see it is if they would have actually done better if I wasn't around so. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe, nah. maybe we're equal I guess I don't know <laughs> so who owes you dinner at St. FX how did you get out east it was well it was really because of a guy I played with in Sarnia Zach McQueen that's a, a name from the past, but his old yeah. man, Coach Sarnia, and, and he was in Windsor too, like a really smart player, good third line center. Um, he was out there, and and yeah, I was I wanted to head out east for for school and hockey, and it was between there, Acadia, SMU, UNB, and went on visits to each of those places. Probably should have had my liver checked before and after <laughs> each of those visits, um, but yeah, X was just uh, the perfect fit. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't change if I had to do it again. And you came real close that year uh, to win a national championship, or, or while you were there uh, as well. What's that playoff experience like? Because you get a chance to to play within your conference. Obviously, you win the conference, and then you just get into this absolutely wild round robin one game playoff. The, yeah. It's like nothing else you can see in in, in hockey. What what's yeah. that uh, playoff like for you? From honestly, from what you it remember? still gives me goosebumps thinking about it because it's the coolest atmosphere. We're clearly the underdog um, in the AUS championship. Steal a game in UNB and then win it at home. Um, and there must have been like four or five people deep. The rink was packed. Like. Pre-COVID, jam as many people in as you possibly can. And um, one of the better stories that it was actually like maybe 50 days till grad or 100 days till grad. So all the older people on campus were celebrating because we were so, so close. And we were able to bring the cup and the trophy into our campus bar and, uh, and just have an absolute riot. So it was pretty special to win it, not only on home on home ice, but also to celebrate with the community and the students because, you know, X is a school of like four or 5,000 and probably like a quarter of them were at that game. Um, and then just, you know, the support behind the, the town was incredible. Even in that run, that national championship run, like we had so many people come follow us, which was uh, obviously made the experience that much better. 
Tell us you didn't pay for anything at the bar with the trophy. Yeah. You know what? Again, maybe my maybe our coaches owe us for that one too. I can't remember that night, that night too too well. Though. Um, it was just so fun because you know UNB just typically bullies that division, right? Um, I mean, it's gone obviously so much. It's so competitive, but UNB always seems to have a, a slight upper hand. Um, so it was always nice just to to win the odd to, like to obviously to earn it, but also to win the, uh, the odd championship. And then how did you find your way to McGill? Uh, long story. I, well, short story, I didn't get into med school. So that was my backup, uh, to do a master's. Um, I was really fortunate to be able to complete my undergrad in three years. Uh, and then I still had two years of eligibility left. So I pinballed west which is awesome because i was closer to home new city too, montreal uh my parents my girlfriend my family loved loved experiencing because it's it's wild it's i think the coolest spot i've lived in for sure well i mean other than Owen sound but no it's so lively eh? it's a wicked spot the the only thing you know uh, and this, this I'll say about the hockey in Montreal, there's just so many things going on on Saturday night. Right. And even a Friday, like people aren't coming to watch the McGill Redmond play, uh, hockey games. It's like the Canadians, the Laval Rockets, or if you're in the fall, they're watching, uh, MLS soccer and they're going to the bars or restaurants or so, um, it was just a little bit of a different experience, but the city itself is incredible. And, it's uh, a pretty impressive backup school, I'll say though. McGill, not many people know, have that you, as a backup. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I should say. Like, uh, it was if I didn't get into med, that was my one B. Uh, right. And Kelly Nobes, the, the the coach there at the time, he was just unbelievable, and uh, he was. We've heard great stories about him. He's unbelievable. He was unbelievable. I, I actually think about him. Uh, think about him a lot because he had such an influence on my life. And, and, uh, I definitely, if he, you know, if he wouldn't have made those, uh, those suggestions to come over to McGill, I don't know where I would have ended up after, after not being accepted. So yeah, I can't owe enough to, to him, uh, and what he did his coaching style. I played some of my best hockey there as well. So yeah. And, and obviously we won, which was, which was pretty special. Yeah. When, uh, you know, it's funny when John talks about Montreal, he compares it uh, to uh, Owen Sound and Sarnia all the time, too. When we took him to Montreal, (laughs) when we took him for his bachelor party, he just said, this is like the Bayshore. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. The restaurants are like shorties. Hey, everything's the same. It's all the same. (laughs) You've had the unique experience of playing in Ontario, playing in Quebec and playing out east. Mm. Would you say they're all vastly different from each other? Yeah, I'd say so. It uh, it really is unique. And I'm sure, you know, obviously the spots in each of those provinces dictates your experience. I'm sure if I played in Trois-Rivières or I was in Moncton or PI, not that they're bad or better or, or anything like that, um, my experience obviously would have changed. And a lot of my hockey journey is predicated based on uh, what I've gone out of and what people have given me. So my coaches, my, my fans, this community support, 
and I can't tell you enough good stories and, and enough good times about uh, like all of their involvement. So yeah, it truly is different, but um, how exactly, man, I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. It was just honestly one big fun ride. And I hope like young guys coming into the league at 15, 16 appreciate um, like that their next 10 years of their life could be absolutely unbelievable if they want it to be. Well, yeah. it wasn't just the the community that, that you were enjoying. The, the community was enjoying you, right? And an opportunity to win the, the Randy Gregg Award. You had been nominated for it. Obviously, an incredible achievement. What did that mean to you uh, to, to not only get those nominations, but to also uh, win that award and be named the, the recipient? Yeah, obviously, it's a great honor uh, to be recognized, especially on a national and provincial level. Um, but to be completely honest, I was more proud about the... Uh, culture in our team that was slowly shifting we it, it was like almost at the end of my time at x and even into even into mcgill guys were excited to be involved in community projects they were excited to go on the ice with people they were excited to give back they wanted to stay after and when you create that kind of environment within the team uh it shows when you it, it shows when you have you know kids at the game it shows when you have people around the rink and and it it permeates to your fans right they're like wow these guys really care about us so um obviously awesome to be recognized but it was really cool to to see the culture of our team change and then you wrote a book and a lot of people will say that that's one of the hardest things you could ever do how did you make that decision and what was that process like yeah that was <laughs> it might, might have been naive thinking that it was it was uh like you know something that would be over quick and pretty straightforward, you know, jotting down the rough draft is nothing, but then you see all these inconsistencies and you see, say like, ah, oh, man, I could say this better. I wish I added this. And even now I reread them like, ah, I probably could have added stuff or taken a different spin on things. So it's a really intimate process. You look back at it, you're like, ah, oh, I can't believe I wrote this, but um, what I'm grateful for and what I'm happy about is, people reaching out after the fact and just being like, Hey, thanks a lot. Like this helped me through whatever, through uh, my kids, the hockey journey, uh, my own personal development, my job, my, my hockey team as a coach. So that was a really unique, uh, unique feedback, but yeah, it was, it was harder than I thought. How long yeah. was the process? You know what, like the rough draft maybe was eight, uh, eight months and then editing it took a bulk of bulk of the time because like I mentioned, you, you know, you're reading another book and you're like, oh, maybe I can spin this into things or maybe I can reword it differently. And it's not like an academic paper where people might just read the abstract or skim over the paper. Um, people pay money for the book. They want to get full value from it. So uh, I wanted to make it the absolute best they could have. And honestly, I, I probably should have uh, taken like a little more time, maybe an extra year. But if I did, I would have gotten drilled by COVID. So, <laughs> um, you know, I couldn't make some of these runs that I was making to, to Sarnia and around Ontario, um, which obviously would have been unfortunate. So, yeah, I'm just happy people enjoy it. Hopefully people enjoy it. My parents tell me people enjoy it. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> I let, let's sell a few more copies without giving the book away. What what has minor hockey, major junior, and university hockey taught you? Yeah, so honestly, I think the biggest thing it's taught me is that 
um, oftentimes going through sport, no matter if it's hockey, soccer, basketball, football, uh, we often at a young age have a myopic focus on what success means. And for me personally, through no fault of my parents, my coaches, people around me, success meant uh, an NHL contract and playing playing professionally. Uh, not to say, you know, this isn't to knock the system or not to berate anyone. Uh, that's just how competitive uh, hockey is here in Canada. Uh, you know, shift that. 20 years later to when I'm wrapping up my career and, you know, I have a five-year OHL career spanning over 300 games and um, I have an undergrad degree and I have numerous championships and I have all these accolades and, and I think, you know, even though I didn't hit a professional target or I didn't sign that contract or I didn't play an NHL game, doesn't mean my career was a waste. So um, I think that's the biggest thing is, is having that appreciation for what sport can teach you and, and really enjoying the process because when you compare yourself to your call, when you compare yourself to your colleagues down the road, um, you know, not always, but most often not the person who has that sports background is just better equipped to handle the challenges and the discomfort related to everyday life and, and uh, adversity. So that's my spiel about about uh, what sport did for me. It's a great spiel. Probably the same for you though, too. And 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 uh, you know, just being around the game, right? You get that that awareness and that sense of you know, uh, we blew a two goal lead. Like, what does that what does that teach us? Or oh man, we're down three two or three one, and and the guys claw back. So yeah, that's uh, it's just something interesting when you have a, a a deeper focus and a deeper lens on the game. It's a great, great lesson to teach for sure. Um, yeah. Dude, like, what haven't you accomplished? Oh. Like, <laughs> I mean, you can ask my girlfriend. She'll probably listen. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't taken the garbage out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, congratulations uh, on all your success, Nathan. I know uh, we appreciate that you've offered us your time because we know you're a busy man there doc so uh <laughs> no no thanks for having me on I'd, I'd love to to come on again or i'm happy to help uh however i can because you know obviously like having that focus on junior hockey i think is so important uh, yeah but if, if not for the fans even for the players to give them some real life experience and yeah i think what you guys are doing is uh, is awesome how can people get the book uh I think the last time I checked, it's being grossly overpriced on Amazon right now. <laughs> <laughs> so don't, don't that buy means it it's limited Amazon. edition. That's uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's Does like fine wine a, and cheese. A, a signed eh? copy or, <laughs> yeah. or what? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's like a Hemingway book. So is Jeff Bezos getting the money, or are you getting the money then? <laughs> yeah, Bezos, man, he's not rich enough. <laughs> that guy. Um, probably the best way. Honestly, I have a couple of copies here. Happy to to ship them out to people. Um, to best way is probably just to get in touch with me directly. I can, um, I don't know if you guys do any show notes or anything like that, but I can, uh, send off my email or reach me through, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. I delete Instagram. So, um, <laughs> good for you, side. doc. Yeah, I'm trying. It's just a, it's just a time pit for me. So, um, yeah, that's yeah, where you can get into trouble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got to be careful. <laughs> um, so yeah, d d directly through social media or, or email, I'm happy to share it. 
Nathan, we'll share the information about the book most definitely, but thanks again and, and congratulations on your personal success and obviously on your team success over your career. It's been amazing and can't wait to see what the next chapter holds for you. Awesome. No, thanks so much, guys. I'm uh, humbled by the introduction and the questions. So I appreciate it. Thank you in all seriousness. All right. Thanks again to Nathan Charlitti for joining us on the podcast. Not only a great guy who is pretty good at hockey, but also one of the smartest men we know. Unbelievable. This guy's going to be a doctor. Yeah, that's crazy. What, what a story. Everywhere he's, he's gone, he's been impactful too. Yeah, he's had success on the ice and off the ice. It's true. Do you ever feel intimidated when somebody gets on who's really smart and he's looking at the three of us clowns and he's like, what am I doing wasting my time with you mouth breathers? <laughs> I can't even count to 119. <laughs> mouth breather is such a good word. That needs to be used more often. Mouth breather. <laughs> Usually the guests we have on though we have some other stories that are not suitable for for work and we have some stories about them so they're nice to us right so but okay. Char Char's one of the good guys I don't have any bad stories about him He's fantastic and we wish him all the best hope you enjoyed uh hope you enjoyed the chat and remember you can get his book if you email him, Nathan Charlitti at yahoo.com. That's his name, Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N-C-H-I-A-R-L-I-T-T-I at yahoo.com. And, and we'll put it in the show notes, too. So if you just, uh, whatever podcast player you're watching or listening on, I mean, uh, just click the show notes and there will be a link in there for you if you want to if you want to do it that way as well. Right on, right on. We're going to get a couple of autographed copies for ourselves as well. And uh, looking forward to reading that book. That's right. And in addition to uh, clicking that link in our show notes, remember you can also follow us on social media for more debate and more great content. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram and for future considerations on Facebook. Yeah, and if you've got more questions, comments, topics you want to touch on, uh, email us for future considerations at gmail.com. You want to know the brand of glue that Manny's sniffing? You can email us for future considerations at gmail.com. If you want to know what booze Matt is enjoying during the show, uh, what proof the alcohol is, I'll share that with you too. 119. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank our sponsors on this episode too. London Awnings, quality that shows. And Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will talk to you next week on Four Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their MO for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.